Welcome back to Finding Our Spark, where we share our personal perspective on what it's like to be part of the APIA community while looking into stories from past UF Sparks magazine issues. We're your hosts, Alex and Michelle. And today we're going to be talking about our childhood memories, both good and bad, and how they shaped us to become our current selves. If you wish to stay updated on all our episodes, all you have to do is follow our podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram to get updates on UF Sparks. Okay, before we get started with talking about our childhood, let's define it. So what do you consider like the age range of a child? So when would you stop calling yourself a child? I've always been a child at heart, <laughs> but honestly, I think elementary school is a fair fair age. I think in middle school, you start to become more of a preteen. I feel like in high school, you start to think, oh, I'm not a child anymore, but... <laughs> I feel like at heart, we still are, even in high school. For sure. What about now? Are we still? Yes, 21 (laughs) and still a child mentally, emotionally, especially when I'm around my parents. What kind of child were you growing up? I think I was very shy. Me too. Did not have a lot of friends because my English was not that good. I actually didn't learn English until I was like in fifth grade. It took that long? Yeah. Because I spoke Chinese and Vietnamese, and English was like my third language back then. Didn't you go to a an American mm-hmm. elementary school? So you, yeah. you didn't learn English there? I did, but I think I was slow to learn it. Because oh. I spoke Vietnamese and Chinese at home. I was such a horrible child. Like... <laughs> You know how most parents hate it when their kids like throw a tantrum? Yeah. I would get scolded because I wouldn't throw a tantrum. So I'm like the complete opposite of that kind no of way. kid. Because like, I mean, I only say like this, but obviously they would get mad if I threw a tantrum. But I would be super quiet. I so shy. I would never smile <laughs> in pictures. Like I would never smile in pictures. If you look back at my childhood photos, you would be like, is this girl mad? Oh my gosh. I wouldn't look up to anyone because like I couldn't make eye contact. I was like super shy. Were you that kind of shy? No, I was just, I would look at everyone and just not understand what they were saying. And I wouldn't speak because I didn't know. Okay, but I don't think that's shy then. I guess I you were wouldn't just... be able to tell because <laughs> I just never talked to anybody. Um, but I'm a lot better now. Yes. <laughs> I think I'm like the complete opposite now. And my parents, when they listened to our first episode, mm-hmm. they were like shook because- really? Someone who used to never talk is doing a podcast now. It's all talking. I see, I see. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. really iconic. They were like, ironic. huh. I think if I could communicate with people, I'd be pretty outgoing. I'd be a lot more confident and I'd be a lot more like energetic. But it's just like the idea of not being able to communicate with people and being kind of embarrassed that like no one knowing what I was talking about was mm-hmm. like very daunting. Back home, I would be like really outgoing. Mm-hmm. But outside, like once I step out of the house, I'm completely different. But I think that's a lot of kids or a lot of people. Like when they're comfortable at home, they'll be themselves. Yeah, of course. But once they go out and meet strangers, then it's totally different. Mm-hmm. I was basically that, but a lot worse. I feel like I was raised pretty Asian. Um, I wasn't exposed to a lot of, aside from living in a primarily white neighborhood, I wasn't exposed to a lot of like American media, like television, radio. Like I didn't read a lot when I was very, very young. I read like 
Asian, Vietnamese, Chinese like books. Learned poetry because I went to like Chinese school like on Saturdays. How was the discipline like in your family? If you do something wrong, you get beat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, Pretty much. That's how it was for us too. I mean, it wasn't like severe. There was that one time when someone came over, but I wouldn't talk to them. My dad got so frustrated that he told me to leave the house. My parents did that all the time. <laughs> to my brother. Yes. I didn't get in trouble a lot. Like I used to get like beat like a little bit, but like, <laughs> I grew out of it eventually. I was like very smart. But my brother was very stubborn. He would get like sent out of the house to like sleep outside for like a few hours at night or like be hit with a stick or like <laughs> yelled at. Like. I was crying because it was dark. It yeah. was at nighttime when he told me to get out of the house. Did I wear shoes? I'm not even sure if I got to wear shoes. Yeah, you were so traumatized. You yeah. forgot everything. Yeah, literally. I was just standing right in front of the door outside. Oh. <laughs> if you think about it, a child like just standing outside the door in the dark. That, so sad. It looks so sad. There was this Korean show that I watched. It's so weird to explain because I don't really even know how to explain it. It's like set in a bathroom. And I guess the main character is like the little child and the other characters, like the side characters are like the things that are in the bathroom. So like the bathtub, toothbrush, soap and things like that. And they talk. I guess the whole point of the show was to learn how to use the bathroom. Yeah, learn how to use the bathroom, be clean and things like that for kids, I guess. Looking back at it now, I don't know why I thought that was fun. (laughs) I watched it all the time. I forgot what it was called. So I called my parents to ask them if they remember what it was called. Yeah. My dad remembered. And then I looked it up and I was like, yep, that's it. Trauma. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Kids shows back then were creepy. I don't know who thought of it, but moving on. (laughs) Um, So we're both the first child in our family. Mm -hmm. What does that feel like? Very, very difficult. Very burdensome. I felt like... I was trekking into the woods for my brother and kind of like showing him the way. Opening the path so that he can just like walk by. Right. (laughs) And he would never do it. Like he would never walk the same path as me. He would like purposely choose something like different. I have a younger sister. She's younger by five years. So it's a pretty big age gap. Mm -hmm. Well, back then it was considered a pretty big age gap. But nowadays it's like, I don't think it's that big of an age gap because we are so like far apart even if I did something in the past, it doesn't really help her much or like affect her. Yeah. Because times have changed. Things are a little bit different now. Mm-hmm. I always felt like I would be the sample kid because like my mom would, back then she would like make me do all these like things for school. She would make me take AP classes and do extracurriculars, volunteer a lot to, you know, help build my college application. And I was like, oh, her name's Hannah. When is Hannah ever going to experience this? Because mm-hmm. I have to wait another five years for her to be in my exact position. And she's 16 now, but her high school life is totally different from mine. That's yeah. why I'm like, was I really a sample kid? Or maybe I was because she's not doing anything that I did. If you look at my high school life and her high school life, it's completely different. Her life is, well, her school life at least, is a bit more relaxed. I feel like mine was very stressful. Mm. I feel the same. Because I was like overwhelmed with all the responsibilities. I think I definitely was the experimental child because me and my brother, I have a younger brother that's two years younger than me. So we're pretty close in like age. And 
I had definitely had it rougher academically, but just trying to like find my own way through school and high school and finding like extracurriculars, like you mentioned in AP classes, like learning how to like the system worked. Mm-hmm. And my brother just like knew all of this and chose not to take advantage of the system. <laughs> so again, very frustrating, but it is what it is. Do you have any embarrassing childhood stories? I have an iconic light bulb story. So <laughs> what had happened was I learned through like watching and like TV shows and books that when you turn on a light bulb, it gets hot. So mm-hmm. you shouldn't touch it. And these were like the old school lamps, light bulbs mm-hmm. and stuff that actually get hot. Back in the day. Back in the day, <laughs> so long ago. So what I did one time was after I was done playing the piano, because of course I was, I'm Asian, I took piano lessons and there's Same. a lamp on the piano. Too. So one day I was like, you know what? I'm going to conduct an experiment. I'm going to test this theory. So I turned the light bulb on, played my practice piano, and I turned it off and then I touched the light bulb. And I burned my finger and I cried and I told my parents and they were like, it doesn't get cold right away. It like still stays hot. And I was like, it doesn't make sense. Like I turned it off and they just, they explained it to me so many times and I still didn't understand. It took me a long time to understand that. That was like thermal chemistry. You got to experience it yourself in order Mm -hmm. to learn from it. Mm -hmm. Especially when it comes to mistakes. It might've been first grade, but we were taking a test and I really had to go to the bathroom. Uh oh. <laughs> I think you know where I'm gonna go yes. with this. I think you know. Me being my shy self, not being able to raise my hand, I went on the spot. I peed on the spot. <laughs> oh boy. And because I really had to go, a lot came out. <laughs> oh my God. It was a puddle, a huge puddle. And I was like, I couldn't do anything because I don't know, my butt felt warm and like, it was so gross. But again, I don't know why I couldn't just raise my hand. I just didn't like attention. Like I did mention in a couple previous episodes that I don't like attention. So I don't raise my hand during class. Mm -hmm. I still don't like attention. But back then I was even worse. I didn't want people like staring at me, even for like a couple seconds. Mm -hmm. So I would never raise my hand. I would never speak up in class. I would never talk to people. But yes, that was that's one of my embarrassing childhood stories. That that's like the most memorable one. Classic. Um I think that happens in like every one in thirty kids or something. Yeah. It has to be so common. Yeah. So I don't feel that embarrassed about it. Mm-hmm. Nowadays I'm like, who cares? It happens. It happens. Yeah. A lot of kids pee their pants. Yes. In elementary school. Again, because I didn't speak a lot of English, I had one good friend that I sat on the bus with all the time, like every single day. And we would just sit there and not say anything, which is why we were like <laughs> friends, I guess. Besties who don't talk to, to each other. Yeah, exactly. We were best friends, though. We called each other. Um, yeah, we were besties because we knew how to spell each other's names. I think that that's was all you like, need. That's, like, that's that all was need. a high standard back then because I didn't know how to write. And apparently she didn't know. Oh my God, that's so cute though. Exactly. In middle school, my outgoing side showed a lot more and I was definitely a bit more popular. In high school, I was like very attention seeking. I think at that point we were pretty opposites, Mm -hmm. pretty much complete opposites. I was very uh, competitive and outgoing, had a lot of leadership positions in high school. 
in elementary school i also had one close friend until she got into gifted <gasps> and we wouldn't have the same classes anymore betrayal i know i was like hello we were supposed to be in this together mm -hmm. she went on to gifted and then i was alone how did you go about making friends if you didn't talk there were some times when i would try to talk to other kids mm -hmm. like in the playground like when it was recess time you had to talk to people i feel exactly yeah to share the toys or play games and stuff. yeah i didn't get completely better until like sixth grade when we moved and i went to a different middle school so i was like okay fresh start i'm gonna be a different person mm -hmm. i'm gonna be a changed woman <laughs> oh boy and so i was like i'm gonna talk i'm gonna try to make friends have lunch with them since we don't have recess anymore I had a close group of friends. We all came from different backgrounds. Diversity at its finest. I know. I called our group the diversity group. We had someone from everywhere. <laughs> we still try to keep in touch now. I actually went to Epcot with one of the girls from our group. That's so cool. Yeah, like a couple weeks ago. So we, we do still try to keep in touch. Um, she goes to UCF, so we're pretty close. But I do feel like nowadays, like our chat is just... I mean, ever since we graduated, our chat's been kind of like dead. Understandable. Yeah. Understandable. You guys are moving on. Yeah, we're moving on. We're all busy with our own schedules. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely a lot different than it was back in high school. Because in high school, like we would meet each other every day. I feel like I haven't made that many new friends since coming to UF because I hang out a lot with my high school friends. Now too? Yeah. Like I have like three, four friends who went to my high school that now come to UF, that came to UF. And we wow, still hang lucky. out as my primary friend group. I wish. We're mm -hmm. all spread out, so I don't get to physically see them. Mm, that's sad. I think, like, if I didn't know them or if I wasn't close to them, I'd be forced to, like, make new friends. Mm -hmm. But I've made a few new ones, like Michelle, and I have other friends as well. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, I could be branching out more, I feel, instead of hanging <laughs> out with my high school friends. But I like them, so... I kind of just miss having close friends. Mm -hmm. Like I always tell myself, I wish I had a friend like me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Don't you ever tell yourself that? No. Really? Yeah. What kind of friend are you then? <laughs> oh my gosh. It's not like that. Nah, I'm kidding. <laughs> I think it's because in college, I don't have a lot of good close friends. I have good friends, but we're not like super close. Gotcha. That's understandable. I have study buddies. But do we hang out outside of studying together? No. I see, I see. There are like different levels to friendships. Mm -hmm. I feel like at this age, it's harder to let people in too. That's true. You kind of have to be a little bit picky and like aware of what the other person might be interested in versus you and how it, like it would affect you guys long term. I have a lot of nursing and pre-health friends. And oh you already know I'm not in that field yeah me too i don't have a lot of friends who are in this field so mm -hmm. sometimes i feel like left out whenever i'm in that group and they're just talking about a bunch of like whatever it is that they're doing like nursing stuff i mean i wish i had more friends who are interested in pursuing what i want to pursue mm -hmm. even in my classes like you don't see a lot of asians yeah same literally the only asian person in my program and just to be clear, like all my uh, pre-med and like nursing friends, they're all Asian. So like, oh, I see. yeah. So I don't have a lot of Asian friends in film production and things like that. But mm -hmm. it's just hard to see, hard to find. Like I don't even see them in my classes. So mm -hmm. 
Did you face any racism or get bullied by other kids? Yes. Very sensitive topic, but... Oh, God. I would get my hair pulled all <gasps> the time. When? What year? In elementary school. In ele- <laughs> yeah, I was bullied kids. so much. Because they would say stuff to me. And you and wouldn't I would understand. understand. <laughs> uh, so they would, like, pull my hair and I would, So like, they would think crying. that you're, you're ignoring them. Yeah. You're, I would, like, start crying and stuff. No. My parents would be, like, really frustrated because they didn't want to go to school. And eventually they found out and they got the kids in trouble. And they stopped doing it. <laughs> Your parents did good. <laughs> yeah. They were very, like, on top of it. Mm-hmm. I do remember, like, back in middle school, people would be, like... I mean, people do this now, too. Like, it's just... It's so childish, but... They would come up to me and be like, oh, are you Chinese? See, they do that to me, too. But then all yeah. I can say is <laughs> half. You're half right. Like, it's so fresh. You're not wrong. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> like back then, people only knew like Chinese. Most of the times people assume that you're Chinese if you look Asian. Yeah, for sure. Oh, there was that one time, it was during recess time, we were playing four corners or four squares. No, yeah. not four corners. It was four, four squares. squares. This one girl, she was so determined to get me out first, like out of the game. What? She like she was staring me down. <laughs> like she was like holding the ball because like it was her turn, I guess. And she was like, I'm going to get you out. Like she gave me that look. And I was like, excuse me, what did I do to you? Oh my gosh. I don't know if it's because I learned English like kind of, more formally than like my peers but in high school a lot of my friends would say like I'm a very distant I'm a, I was like very outgoing but I was very distant and cold I guess because I was very formal with like my, my speech mm-hmm. now I have to like consciously try to make it a bit more conversational <laughs> it's kind of like changing your tone in like Asian languages depending on who you're talking to oh you yeah, know yeah yeah so I used to be like very formal to my friends and stuff. Now I'm trying to be like a bit more casual and chill. Yeah, I would be like super polite. I would speak in super polite English mm-hmm. to everyone. And my friends would be like, just relax. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm like completely different. Well, not like completely different. I'm still pretty quiet, but I have this weird thing that like, I don't really like it when other people call me quiet. Like, oh, she's quiet. Because, like, usually they mean it in, like, a negative way. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with being quiet. I agree. Like, you don't have to always be outgoing or talk to people if you don't want to. Like, that's why introversion exists. Um, And introversion isn't, like, a bad thing either. Yeah. People also use that, like, negatively. Yeah. Being introverted is a strength in itself. Like, they have their pros and cons, just like being extroverted does. Mm -hmm. Like, just because you're extroverted doesn't mean, like, you're going to be loved by everyone. Yeah. I wish I did not forget like my Asian languages that quickly when I was learning English. Mm. I picked up English pretty fast because I stopped speaking Vietnamese and Chinese at home. But I really regret that because I think I would eventually have learned English just fine. Even like continuing to speak Vietnamese and Chinese at home. And I would still know them today. I do regret not speaking up. There were definitely times when I wanted to say stuff but couldn't because I was too afraid to. Mm Mm-hmm. My dad was like a big artsy person. He works in like pharmaceuticals and STEM now, which is like the complete opposite of what you would think he does. Everyone always ends up doing something completely different. Yeah, but he was a really big writer and I got my passion for writing through him. And I always dreamed of becoming like a storyteller and a writer. 
And I guess in a way I'm still doing that, just not through writing because it doesn't pay yeah. very well. <laughs> the sad reality. Yeah, but I guess <clears throat> film and video is a good in-between in what I want to do and what my dream was as a child. Also, it's pretty similar. Mm-hmm. You know how kids are like, I want to be an astronaut. And then the next day they'll be like, I want to be a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. I had like different phases. I had a phase when I wanted to be a teacher and when I wanted to be a doctor at one point. <laughs> Not now. (laughs) And then I also had a phase when I wanted to be a writer back in middle school and high school. I still do like creative writing, but as you can tell, I'm more into visual, like Mm -hmm. film production. But if I do get a chance to write my own script or like my own screenplay, that would be nice. I just don't feel like I'm fit for it enough. Like there are so many talented people out there. Yeah, for sure. And for me, I feel like I would be so stressed. I mean, this is a field where it's pretty competitive either way. Like you could be a writer, you could be a videographer and you'll still be competing with other talented people. People who are just like naturally gifted and started like way earlier than you. It's so scary. Yeah. It's a rough path. You know, you don't see a lot of Asians in this field, at least a lot of successful Asians. But we need more representation. So that's what we're here for. mm -hmm. So today we shared some of our throwback moments, and honestly, I think we both miss being kids and having nothing to worry about. But now that we're back in the present and are adults again, we'll be coming to an end of the series with our last episode next week. As always, thank you for listening, and make sure you're following our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to stay updated on our episodes and follow our Instagram. We have an event coming up on November 8th, and we're collaborating with APRSA and AAJA to put together a career workshop where you can receive tips on resumes, interviewing, and it's also a great way to meet new people. This week's thank you note goes to our amazing superhero parents for dealing with our childish selves and working very hard to raise us and help us become the people we are now. That's all we have for today. See you next week for our final episode.